Welcome to the Players Podcast. This is your host, Coach Noza. The Players Podcast is brought to you by the Salem Hoops Project. The Salem Hoops Project provides free basketball training to kids in Northeast Salem, Oregon. It's our firm conviction that no child should be limited from athletic opportunity due to financial limitations. For more information, visit the SalemHootsProject.org. Now on to the show. What was your experience in your journey from high school to college and talk about maybe some of your goals in basketball at that point and how you saw them come into realization? Yeah, you know, in high school, I, you know, wasn't very good. You know, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I played a decent amount, but, you know, I only made varsity my senior year and we had three division one players on my team. So I just, you know, I just was not as good as I wanted to be and kind of, um, Basically, my goal after high school was if any college would would let me play. I mean, I, at that point, I was like any college in America that would yeah. have me. You know, I know the I, feeling. Sorry, I know oh, the yeah, feeling. Yeah, 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 and I mean, it was yeah. I just remember looking at Willamette's website and be like, that would be amazing. Like if I could one day like step on the floor there, and and so I always had that chip on my shoulder. It wasn't like a fake chip like oh I know this is gonna make me better like I legitimately just wasn't that confident in myself and didn't really know like how good I could be so you know I ended up having a great career at Willamette ended up you know being two-time first team all-conference and in all region and in my senior year being a finalist for the national player of the year so to be honest it was it was a lot more than I ever dreamed of or uh, ever had a, a goal of and then you went on to play professionally right yeah and once you know about freshman or sophomore year even before I really put up any good numbers I, I just I always wanted to go play overseas part of that was I just wanted to you know to live in a different country but you know obviously loving basketball I thought that would have been been a dream come true to be able to do that for a couple of years so I put my mind towards that and ended up playing you know, for four seasons in Australia, Ireland, and, and down in South America. So that was an amazing experience for me. And, and I was pretty, pretty satisfied with my uh, basketball career at that point and, and where it had taken me. Did you ever tell your coaches in high school or even your parents, I guess, that you wanted to play professionally? No, it was something, like I said, I wasn't very confident in myself. So I thought people would probably laugh at me or you know, say I had no chance. So it was kind of just something I kept deep down in me. And, and when I started having some successes in college, I started feeling like maybe it's, it's a potential. And then that just pushed me uh, to work a lot harder. How many years did you play varsity? I played at one Grant, year. Yeah. So Grant I, high school. Yeah. I Grant high school, uh, played freshman ball, then got cut sophomore year, played JV wow. my junior year. And and then eventually made varsity for my last year. Did you get any, were you starting? I was starting, but I was probably the fifth best player on our team. You know, okay. so I, I probably averaged eight points, but I wasn't, you know, was not a go-to player or one of the better players in the league. So where did you end up going after high school and how did you get there? So I, so after my senior year, I mean, this was back when it was DVDs. So I had all the recordings of our games that my dad recorded, put together a highlight tape and, and sent them to, I mean, all the division three schools. Cause you know, I had pretty solid grades. So I knew I wanted to go to like a good school uh, academically. And so I just sent them 
to like, you know, dozens of schools, the DVD and a, a resume and ended up uh, at University of Redlands, which is a division three school down in, in California. And so, I mean, that was, that was amazing. I was, I was on cloud nine, just even being, being able to say I played college basketball. So I had a great first year on the court, just wanted to, after the year, just the, the academic uh, fit wasn't there. So I ended up coming back to Willamette and playing for Gordy. And, and that was, was a, was a great experience to say the least. Yeah. I remember you getting to Willamette and coming from another school. I didn't know where you came from or I thought, actually, I thought you came from a junior college, so I didn't know you came D3 transfer. Did you have to sit a year out? No, no. Is that, a, is that D3? It's only, regular? like, basically D3. They're like, you can do whatever you okay. want. Okay. Yeah. So at Willamette, what was your growth as a player like? Because I remember you coming in decently. I mean, you were able to dunk and stuff pretty easily, and that's pretty impressive at Willamette usually if somebody can throw it down pretty good. But I remember you coming in and just kind of raw and, we worked a little bit together and you ended up having a good career there. Yeah. You know, I came in not really knowing, you know, if I would be able to play a lot, what my role would be on the team. And, and honestly, the biggest blessing for me was working the pro hoop camps, the summer camps, you know, that's where I met you. And, and I think you didn't even really pressure. It was, it was pure pressure, but without you actually pressuring me, you just were saying, Hey, I'm waking up at 5am to go, you know, run up hills. And I'm like, okay, man, I'm like jealous. Now. I'm like, okay, like you, you didn't even say, hey, come with me. You know, I just was, you know, kind of that, you know, that shows how impactful peer pressure can be. And so I was like, hey, I'm just going to uh, kind of do and do what you were doing at the time. And, and you were big and just um, showing me really what, uh, what it takes to be a, to be a great player. So that's when I first started to really take it seriously as far as like every day, like I, you know, other than school, I want this to be my life. So, you know, I, that gave me a lot of confidence coming into my sophomore year. And, you know, I had a pretty good year. Like I was coming off the bench, you know, a lot of it was because my attitude probably wasn't, wasn't the best. Um, and just ended up, you know, playing a solid role. We made it to the, to the playoffs and, and, you know, I averaged like 11 and eight. So I started to kind of prove myself as, as a solid player, but that summer in between sophomore and junior year, I stayed in Salem the whole summer and just, it just worked out with you and worked out with guys on the team. And that's when I kind of took that next step to being, you know, one of the top players in the league. Well, and you probably looked around your team too and realized that you were one of the better talents on the team and, and that you're, playing ability would help your team win games. I'm sure that clicked for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Gordy holding me on the bench, actually, my sophomore year was probably one of the best things for me because it, I was, you know, to be honest, I was a little upset that I wasn't starting. <laughs> and I saw, you know, I just kind of needed to keep getting better and, and I could really, um, really be a good player. But that, that kind of gave me another chip on my shoulder mm -hmm. moving forward. It seems like you've always had a pretty good perspective on things, even though they didn't go your way. But is there anything now that you're a coach, you're coaching at Clackamas High School, now that you're a coach, is there anything you look back and you say, man, I wish I would have took this serious when so-and-so gave me this advice? Yeah, I can't, I can't sp think of specific advice, but I would have taken more advantage of, of asking questions and um you know, something that I really actually do like about the basketball culture now is, is the kids 
Um, they really know each other, like kids from other teams. And I would have done a um, better job of, you know, just reaching out to other guys, you know, good players in my neighborhood, in my city, and just saying, hey, mm -hmm. let's get together, let's hoop, you know, like that's the way you get better. And I didn't really start taking it seriously until I was in college. So I think if I had that mindset, uh, what I had in college back in high school, I think I really could have um, probably could have improved a lot more. But I just think, yeah, the biggest thing is um, is just competing uh, with other like the best guys in your in your neighborhood, in your league, in your mm -hmm. city. Um, uh, something I think it's a lot more valuable than a lot of these AAU programs out there. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's, it's a better way to, to improve your skills and, and your confidence. I mean, that's the, yeah. yeah. Well, I agree. And looking back, you know, I was thinking about this a while ago when I was in high school, we'd get together and play, pick up ball against each other, the guys on the team, but rarely were we playing with against other players around the city. And if I would do things over again, I would seek out games maybe in a different part of the city or even go up to Portland and just look for games to play, even if nobody knew me, even if I never got the ball. But when you're exposed to better players or even just different players getting uncomfortable in a different situation, I think it can help you grow as a player tremendously. Absolutely. I mean, some of the biggest memories I actually have of high school is like the summer when coach brought us at Grant would just open up the gym and there would be 40, 50 guys. Some of them are in college. Some of them maybe were older and, and me coming in there. Like, I mean, I'm terrified, you know, I mean, it, it, and, and, and I gained so much confidence from playing in those games and, and being able to, to, you know, even if it was just, I got a couple rebounds that game, or I, I set a good screen or I got a bucket that game, you know, I think those, those kind of things were invaluable for me. And I just don't think that really happens uh, today in Oregon. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you see that happening? Because I think that uh, it might be kind of lost in, well, maybe in just our city or maybe our whole state, but having players come back that are older and then mixing in with high school guys when they play. When I was going into my senior year, our coach would try to invite you know certain guys from the area that were playing in college or maybe were a little older to come and play us and beat up on us and it really helped us and I don't know I don't see it around the city anymore where older guys come back and play with the high schoolers do you see that in your area I don't see that at all but that's a big thing that um, my staff and I are going to try to implement this summer especially with everything going on you know most of the kids even in whatever college you're at are back in in Portland back in Clackamas so I'm going to try to get all those guys bring them in the gym and and bring in some of our guys as well and kind of um, try to build that kind of culture, which I just think is is the best way to get better. Um, rather than spending two to two to three two to three thousand to three thousand and playing the same kids that you see all year. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. What would Coach Mitchell tell Cameron Mitchell as a high school basketball player, knowing knowing your own goals at the time to play in college and maybe get be able to play overseas? What would yourself as a coach tell yourself as a player that's 16 years old? I would tell myself I need to be a much better leader, but more, more so than that, just um, the importance of like being a good teammate and, and some of those intangibles. I didn't really think about, I mean, in high school, you know, maybe I was very, you know, I was a, thinking about myself most of the time. I'm just going to be honest. You know, I, 
um, wanted to make the JV team or I wanted to make the varsity team and I wanted to show that I was good enough to, um, you know, be one of the best players. But if I had to put that energy towards just saying, hey, I want to help my team win and I want to help my team get better, I think, A, it would have been better for my mental health, but also would have, would have in turn made me a better player. Because it wasn't until college that I really said, okay, I'm more, a lot more worried about my team's uh, you know, results than my own stats. And that once I kind of morphed into that mindset, it really kind of opened up a whole nother level for me. You know, what's funny is I was kind of the opposite. I always thought of, well, first of all, I didn't get a play. So I was thinking, how can I be able to play first of all, you know, and then it was always about how can I help my team? And that was a positive for me. But sometimes it could have been looked at as a negative because I was kind of pigeonholed in this player who was just going to be a team player and nothing more. So the older I got, the less chances I got to do certain things on the court to where I had really improved my game and got to a point where I could have done more individually. But I was the type of player that wanted to help the team, and my coaches knew that too. So I wasn't going to go outside of the box, which was good from a team aspect. But looking at what I could have done for myself, maybe I limited myself on that aspect too. Yeah, I think it's important to... You know, when we talk about goals, like we don't, we don't, with my team, we don't all, only talk about team goals because we know each person, like they have their own goals and aspirations. And, and that's a very, um, you know, that's an important thing to talk about. Like with certain players, we say, hey, you know, not only are you going to help us get better, but you, you know, you might have a chance to go play college or you might have a chance to be an all league player, or an all state player, because people have selfish motivations and, that, and that's not a bad thing but I think it's important to kind of balance uh, the team goals team aspirations as well with you know individual motivations you grew up in a little bit younger generation than I was and now you're seeing the next generation come up what are some things that you wish would change from our current the kids we're currently coaching and what are some things that have changed that you are glad have changed yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing with basketball culture in general, I think now it's as coaches, we've learned that it's like it's okay to be positive and and to encourage players um, and not just, you know, I think back in the day, the co a coach thought all they, you know, to be a good coach, you have to yell and you have to put people down and, and that's how you get people to work hard and, and play better. And I think now we're sort of realizing that that's just not the case. So I really, I've enjoyed kind of that, you know, coaching with a more positive mindset. And you see it in the kids. I mean, this year I had, I mean, I've had, my kids were so positive, so encouraging. You know, I had guys that, that wanted to be playing and, and were barely getting off the bench and they were just, you know, the best teammates we had on the team. And, and I don't think that that kind of mindset and that positivity was as, was as strong back then. So that I think, is awesome and, and and it's it's we've really changed the culture in that way uh but one thing i think which i wish would change is just everything in youth sports in general everything is just so organized all the time you know i mean these kids go they play our whole season then they go to another team and they, and they have practices with that team and then they go to play tournaments but like we kind of talked about i think it it's better just for not only socialization, but just getting better. It's just, hey, I'm going to call the 10 best guys I know in the city. Hey, let's go just meet at the park. Let's go play ones. 
then let's go, you know, maybe there'll be some people there and we can get in a five on five game or whatever that is. Everything's so organized now. And I wish, um, I wish kids would kind of organize themselves a little more and just say, Hey, let's go get better. We don't need a, a gym. We don't need a guy taking videos of our, you know, workouts. Let's just go to the community center. Let's go to the park. Let's just hoop. I kind of miss that aspect of basketball culture. Well, and going back to what we talked about to where maybe there's not as much of the older guys coming to play with the younger guys type thing. And that could be a big part of it is a lot of the younger guys are playing tournaments and on teams and and going to train with their trainers. And there's no time for pickup games and just going at people. Yeah, or, or they don't think that those are that it's valuable because they see other people on you know, Instagram or whatever, social media, oh, he's working out with this guy and, and they're doing these, you know, these moves and there's great music to it. So, you know, I got to be doing the same thing, you know, and when in actuality, it's like, how do you get better at basketball? It's by playing. So it's like, you know, some of the, you know, I used to go with, you know, Taylor Mounds, a teammate of mine, we used to just play, we played 100 and we played 25 uh, and each, you know, four different spots. And it's like, that's as good as any workout where you're doing cone dribbling or, you know, uh, you know, just block shooting. Is there too much of an emphasis for kids on getting recruited? Is that part of the deal you think? Yeah, I think, you know, I think a it's recruited, you know, they think, I think kids think if they have a lot of, you know, followers or they have a lot of, um, whatever clout, as they say on social media, that that's going to like help them get recruited. And, you know, obviously that's not the case. And, and, and I think just kids are motivated. Some kids are motivated by, you know, uh, I want to see myself on, on an Instagram video, or I want to see myself on the internet if I play well, whereas back in the day, it was like, I just want to like embarrass the other guy. You know, I just want to beat him and, and be the best player. That's kind of like was the only motivation we had. Right? Well, there was no internet. So, I mean, you had, you exactly. had, if you perform, people might talk about you like, man, this guy's getting good, but that's all you had. I mean, there was nothing else. Yeah. And, and when you walked in the gym, people would look over and it's like, Hey, I want to, my, I have to prove to them that I'm all better than all these people, you know, and, and it's just, it's still a little different time. Uh, but, you know, there's some things, you know, good about it. And there's just obviously some, some downsides as well. What's one book every athlete should read? Hoop Dreams. Arthur Agee? Man, I love that. Favorite, favorite sports documentary and book of all time. That's a great answer. What's one habit every athlete should start? Encouraging your teammates when you're working out, when you're trying to get better, encourage one of your teammates, bring one of your teammates along with you. What's one habit every athlete should stop? Stop trying to be so cool all the time. <laughs> stop walking into the gym super slow and, and having your headphones in and, and, and going slow and lay up lines. Just get out there and play hard. Look, let me restore the passion in golden era fashion. The that's corrupt, you'll turn me up while we print the atlas. Pray the pain won't be in vain. Pour the say the mask it. Why they kiss ass for traction? Build my own lane and lap them. Chances are they want the credit for your sacrifice. I'll hand you the patent and recreate it twice. Ready to die, you're only one and better name your price. On my 25th hour, no relation to spike. That's 
for the spike in my price. Blame the economy. You heard 444. Hope will be proud of me since 22 twos. No competition here, honestly. My mantra is off to pay me. Call it a prophecy. Boxing one, there's no stopping me. Work to whoever you're praying to. Cooling in the layup line. Look at what y'all made me do. Laughing at advances now. That won't even pay the dues. Y'all stacking up y'all rosters. Suckers always pay the lose.